And we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlights in NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Uh, This week, we give you the best of Zion Williamson, major setback in his injury. Uh, The back and forth between China and Adam Silva, the NBA commissioner. Uh, Then we go into the NBA expectations for 2020 season. NBA is back. Uh, And we go to a little bit of a Saturday note with the Patrick uh, Day death in in boxing and end off on the biggest questions from week seven in the NFL. Uh, But before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the hosts. My name is Alex and Mohammed, say something for that. Hey, just want to say what's up to all the listeners. Uh, thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast, and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, we follow back, and you should uh, <laughs> press the subscribe button. Uh, sports will pick up very soon here. Uh, but we begin with the number one pick in the NBA, Zion Williamson, and his preseason injury that will set him back six to eight weeks with a torn meniscus uh, is really kind of drawn a lot of big questions, uh, not only with this team, but also all the way across the league. This is a big setback for the Pelicans who drafted Zion that number one spot overall and have pretty much built a team around his success. It gets us straight into how much will this injury set the Pelicans back in their overall progression? I think it'll set them back uh, maybe just a little bit. Um, this is a young team. They had to really gel together. They've never really played together that much. And with Zion Williamson, that would have uh, helped. Because he, I mean, he can just work with just about anybody, I think, with his athleticism and energy that he brings onto the court. Um, but with him being sidelined, that's really gonna that's gonna put them behind the eight ball a little bit, I think. Um, the West is already tough, and with without Zion Williamson, they won't be as good starting out. But this team will pick up some steam once he gets back on the court. Well, and uh, I I completely agree in your statement there, but I'm I'm gonna break it down a little bit uh, differently. I think because the question is uh, how how much will this injury set back the Pelicans? Uh, overall in their progression. So if you're looking at the progression, it's whether you're looking at the short term or you're thinking about the long term. Now, short term is definitely going to hurt them. It hurt them just tonight as we're recording with the Raptors and the Pelicans being the first game of the NBA season. The person who was supposed to be its biggest on show because Kawhi is not at the Raptors anymore. It was supposed to be Zion Williamson. He If he just gave you two great highlight dunks that was supposed to extend his brand and the Pelicans along with that. So I think in the short term, it has hurt them there. And longevity, I actually think it hurts them there also. He's had three injuries all before playing a professional game. He had a knee injury in college for that one year he was there. He had a knee injury uh, just earlier in the preseason and now has gotten not going to be out for six to eight weeks with a meniscus tear. That is big before a great uh, before a season. Or career. Yeah, that is huge. And it also plays into 
his eating habits because he is a, a pretty big boy. Like <laughs> he's close to 300 pounds and he's not even seven feet tall. Yeah. Um, at that size really does help as far as bulldozing people out of the way, but he can't play at that weight for his whole career. His knees, ankles, and everything are just going to be torn up, and he's not going to be able to last with all that weight. So it, it'll be best if he really tones up like um, Julius Randle. Julius Randle, he was one of the Lakers' first picks not too long ago, and he had more weight on him. And now he's a lot more um, toned, and he's hasn't had any injuries after that. No major injuries, because he broke his leg, I think, his first year. Okay, yeah, I can I can give you that comparison. And since you you're bringing up a type of person he might want to model himself out after after with his body type, I would say Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley slimmed up. I, I, maybe you don't. I'm not sure how much you know uh, about Charles Barkley, but he was a really great player. He just never won a ring, which is his biggest thing, like the biggest thing over him right now, uh, outside of being a TV personality. Um, but um, Pretty much, I think he should model himself after Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley didn't have all these injury uh, concerns, but body type-wise and having to make sure you kept your body weight down when you are easily absorb any food you eat, and more than likely, he eats his share. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, he, he should model himself after Charles Barkley if he wants to see all this hype actually meet success. Yeah, definitely. Um, just look at his highlights, Charles Barkley. Definitely model himself after his game. But also, you, you got to lose the weight because you have to get up and down the court frequently. And this is way more games than he's ever played in his short career in high school and college. You, you're playing 82 games a season, not including playoffs if you make it there. Yeah, and less than three days before the season starts, as he is the biggest, he he was supposed to kind of replace the shine of LeBron. He is the heir apparent in some people's eyes, and I I keep seeing chinks in his armor. I'm not doubting his actual talent. I'm doubting how far can he make it. Um, but it moves us to the next question, which is. What's your biggest worry when it comes to Zion Williamson's health and longevity? I don't have any too many questions about his game. I think he is a very good player right now. Um, he brings a whole bunch of energy and um, versatility at his position and size. But I have questions with his weight. His, his weight is just too much to come up and down a hardwood floor for 82 games. He just really needs to cut back. Being six 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 seven, almost three hundred pounds, that's just way too much weight. Uh, agreed. Uh, he's going to have to change the body type. It's, it just seems to be the consensus. I know it is a part of his game, uh, but I think he's being a little vicious to his knees, even earlier than most. Uh, we actually, both of us actually know this. We've both torn our ACLs, so. It's something to be an explosive and being, uh, in general, explosive. It's something to that because, in general, we're both pretty well in uh, sports. And we did our our share in sports also uh, in our actual lives. So, and we both tone our ACLs. His meniscus is not an ACL. 
it is completely different. It's not completely different, but it's in the same area. It's what leads to the other or sometimes happens together. So to round it up, I think when it comes to his long, what I worry about his longevity is actually his knees completely, because if it's a meniscus tear, it could easily be a ACL tear. And it's just his intensity to jumping up and jump, uh, coming down that is putting all that pressure on his knees to be there. Yeah, definitely. And the meniscus is there for shock absorbing. So it takes on all of that pressure from whenever you land from a jump. So with all that weight, that's just messing up his meniscus. Yep, I completely uh, agree. And you're going to go from surgery, a little bit of healing to being the number one pick and having to show that everybody's hype is worth what is what's out there. I think he is worth the hype. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Greg Odom type of situation. Greg Odom never really lived up his to his expectations and his hype because of injuries. And hopefully it's not anywhere near that bad, but I think it might be a career of injury riddled uh, situations. I hope not. Um, just look at Joel Embiid. He was gone for a long time before he really got playing. And now look at him. He's one of the best players in the league. So hopefully he can get back on track pretty soon. True. I think in his case, like with also a tear, somebody just similar, I'd say Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin uh, missed his whole first season because he tore his ACL right before the season started and ended up being an amazing dunker as he has been. And uh, kind of actually, Zion, Zion's actually a more of an heir apparent to uh, Blake Griffin than he is to uh, any any player, even like LeBron, because LeBron's dunks are actually quite boring. Well, I mean, um, unless you want trick dunks, I, I wouldn't say they're boring. I, I think they're boring because they're always the same dunk. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're consistent. Yeah, it may, maybe it's a branding thing, you know, like how the Jumpman with Jordan, or maybe a natural thing. But uh, in general, I always see his, see his dunks as uh, 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 it's above average, but I'm not really watching any highlights of it. I do, I do not want to see uh, a constant stream of even two minutes, one minute of nothing but LeBron's dunks, unless they were assist. Yeah, the, the, the alley-oops. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, unless it's an assist by itself, he just does the statue, the statue dunk. Um, but move along. Uh, and well-known news, but also recent news, Clay Thompson has come up right as this season is about to start. And Steve Kerr brought it up in his interview with media. He says that Clay Thompson is not likely to play this entire season, which is a, kind of a new update when a lot of people are expecting him to come back in January and to possibly give them a good one for the uh, Golden State Warriors. So quickly, we ask, uh, does this change anyone's expectations for the Warriors this season? Well, I think people thought that the Warriors would still be slight contenders in the West but not completely. They still had to wait another year to really be where they were before uh, Kevin Durant came on the team. But this definitely puts them down the level. Without Klay Thompson, all the focus will be on Steph Curry. 
Draymond Green, he'll get some focus, but not too much. He he doesn't score the ball that well, like the Splash Brothers would all all in the court at one time. Um, but I think it's really the truth. Um, Clay Thompson, I feel like people were being very optimistic. It'll only be about six months since the injury if he did return in January because he had the surgery in July. So that's that's a pretty short turnaround. You don't want to go and put him out there and really risk him getting injured again. So it's best that he does wait, I would say, at least eight months. Don't don't rush back in six months. I, I completely agree. I was over here shaking my head. Uh didn't want to interrupt you, but, yeah, I completely agree. You should not rush this. And um, to – uh, just to answer the question, because the question was uh, change. Uh, does it change any expectations for the Warriors this season? It kind of does for me. It, it changes at least a little bit because where I was thinking they would fit in the playoffs somewhere that that is just highly disrespectful to keep them out of the playoffs. We have to look at it, and this is not the same team. That three of starting five of last year's season that was so successful for a couple couple of years aren't on that court. It's not going to be any clay. He's, he's pretty much going to be out for the season. As Steve Kerr said, uh, you have no Kevin Durant, who's possibly the one or three top player in the league when, when healthy. Uh, and then you also have, uh, who else is not there? Andre Iguodala. I Iguodala. Sorry about that. Yeah. I could, I, I don't know why he slipped my mind, but you don't have Iguodala either. He's at the Grizzlies, and he's not – they had to make room for things to get D'Angelo Russell. They had to leverage uh, the car to get a house. So that's just what they, they had to do, just about a neighborhood. Uh, and that's what's going on with the Golden State Warriors right now. But I think they're in their honeymoon phase, uh, in the very like, – sorry, they're, they're leaving the honeymoon phase in the NBA. They are in this period where things aren't going to be great. You're going to have to accept – the players that are on your court. So, yes, it changes expectations for me with the Warriors. Clay is a big part to any type of push for them to make the playoffs. So, yes, I'm claiming the Warriors will not make the playoffs if Clay does not return. I think they do make the playoffs um, because if they don't make the playoffs, why? The, I mean, I, I feel like if they don't make the playoffs, that puts a huge stain on Steph Curry. Because if you look at all these other superstars, they've made the playoffs with just them being the star on the team. Yeah, that yeah, you're you're definitely right. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would agree, but that's not the case for KD. That's not the case for Steph, uh, who are easily in the top five uh, in the league. Uh, it's not the same thing for Harden. The only person who actually fits under that is LeBron, and I, I personally think he's the GOAT um, So, <laughs> in many different uh, ways, uh, how he helped the community on top of his overall persona that he's had, had to keep in this media-filled world. He's became clean pretty much entirely through a lot of this, uh, which is very hard on top of performing, on top of being on top of the hype. But I, I'm, of course, rattling on about LeBron. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you're right, but I don't think 
that's what's going to happen for Steph. I think Steph does not make the playoffs, and he might even possibly end up with an injury this year also. Well, I'm not going to project any injuries on anybody, but I still think they make the playoffs. Well, he always gets like a nagging injury here or there where he misses a couple games, and a couple games is not what they – that's not going to get them to the playoffs if he misses any games. No, definitely not. He has to play almost every single game, and he's not going to be sitting out any fourth quarters. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so without Clay, does the Warriors make the play? Oh, actually, I already asked that. I answered that, but I want you to answer it. Uh, does the Warriors make the playoffs in this packed West Conference? Yeah, I still do think they make the playoffs. I think they make one of the lower seeds, even with Clay Thompson, um, because I don't think he's going to be completely healthy. I think that they will probably have a 75% Clay Thompson. If they don't rush him back, I say eight months, that is the minimum amount of time that he'll come back if he does come back. But if he doesn't, I, I still think they make the playoffs and they will make it at the eighth seed. Yeah, uh, I, at best, they make seven seed, hands down, at best. And I still believe that doesn't happen unless Clay comes back, and he shouldn't come back, um, because they need to go ahead and enjoy their riches. They've won. They've been in championships all these years, five straight years. They have a new building. They have really great facilities. So if you ever want to, like, Google or look it up, uh, the tour of their place, it's amazing. Uh, even just a visit for like loving basketball, uh, even a little bit. Um, that is a side note. So I think they're getting in, they're going to get familiar with their new home and they'll be cool with not making the playoffs this one year after making the finals for five. Um, so I still think they don't make the playoffs if, if Clay does not come back. Um, but to move it along, do you agree with Michael Jordan that Steph Curry is, isn't a Hall of Famer yet. Following uh, MJ's recent comments on t- the Today Show, Michael Jordan, or is he uh, being jealous of the new age way that Steph has ushered in for the NBA? Really, I think Michael Jordan is just being jealous. Anybody who challenges him in popularity or just being that best player, he wants to show that he is still the best player ever. And a lot of people probably during that time, they don't know that Michael Jordan is very arrogant. Like he is very full of himself. Michael Jordan isn't some humble guy that always, he wasn't always the best teammate. Um, he, he definitely had a killer mentality and that's what made him great. Um, but it wasn't always the best thing for the team. But I think Michael Jordan is just being salty because of the popularity of Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, I can I can agree, but it's I, I think it's the in, all in the way he said it. He said Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer yet. He might actually talk about actual facts that he's simply just not in the Hall of Fame, which is not a perspective most people are seeing this as. And who even says that anyway? Of course, there's a lot of people not in the uh, Hall of Fame yet, uh, but um, I say, like you're saying, you were saying, Michael Jordan is not really a humble person. He's very arrogant and everything like that. He makes everyone earn everything. 
That's the way Jordan works. You can't get any leg up on him. He is way too competitive, which has led him to his success in basketball. But it also hurts him in relationships in the uh, also the regular world. Um, so I think he's making steps. Even after he's done so much, he's still making. He's hazing Steph Curry into the greatness or the greatest category. <laughs> the greatest? Um, I, I don't think he has a case for that. But well, no, the best no, no, in in that category because they're you know there's greatest of many different things. Steph Curry is known as the greatest uh, three pointer ever, three point shooter ever. At this point, <laughs> say the the greatest shooter ever. Oh yeah, I don't know. You know the way they say it. I'm not sure how they say it, but it because because it, it all can be arguable because there's a whole lot of other players who can fit that same bill, like KD and uh, Harden, and, and just just to name those two, they are like automatic. But it's just a different type of three. Well, I, I wouldn't call James Harden automatic, but <laughs> he's only scoring 40 points in a preseason game. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't call him automatic. He would have won the championship fin- by now. It's, it's just that, <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree, but KD wouldn't have one if he didn't join the Warriors. That's true. Um, but Kevin Durant is more consistent with his shot. Um, I, I think when, whenever you say, well, whenever people say greatest shooter, they fall in love with the style of how it looks. And Agreed. that's what puts it over the top. Agree, because it comes from the sky. It seems like it's not supposed to go down. It seems like he's not supposed to shoot from there. It seems like he's not even really paying attention, but it hits the bottom of the net, not the rim, not the back side of the uh, net, the bottom of the net. And it just it's, it's a great show. Yeah, people fall in love with the style, how he shoots, how he goes in. How he looks shooting the ball. That's that's what makes people say he's the greatest shooter ever. And also the percentages. Yes, but I, I think uh, Michael Jordan is just trying to make him earn it. He's hazing him. He's hazing him into, if you're going to put him in this category, like he did LeBron, he doesn't mess with LeBron anymore. Uh, like he did Kobe. He don't mess with Kobe no more. He hazes these people until they, they prove another thing. Like, I think he's actually... Actually, he might be a genius for entertainment, and he's trying to do this so that Steph Curry has to show it, like you said, with a team that's where he's the big superstar. Yeah, but um, I don't know if they asked him the question, but he really needs to worry about uh, managing the Charlotte Hornets because he's done a terrible job at that. Agree. Absolutely agree. Because we're going to get to, we're actually going to talk about them. at some point in this episode. But we move on to still some NBA uh, drama, which is between Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets, and and the issues with his anti-China government tweet and the whole saga that is going on. The new part in this saga is where Adam Silva has said China wanted him to fire Daryl Morey. And Adam Silva replied with a no way, according to his comments. Now, shortly after that, because news travels fast in this world, China, a China official comes out and says that that was never a part of the requirement. I think it's a whole lot of wordplay. But just to throw another wrench into the same story, same issue, side note, 
LeBron is in the background, has been in the background lobbying for Adam Silver, Silver to punish Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets, and Adam Silver has been steadfast on him not taking any action. It raises a whole lot of questions. So first, do you think Adam Silver is lying or is it China lying in this situation? Well, I'll let you go ahead and answer first because let, let me see how, well, what your perspective is and then I'll bounce off of that. Who I think is lying is, I'll answer it like this. China has shown that they're Suge Knight already. They've already said, we're about it. Don't try me. They've already said it as a as a controlling part of the country. They've said we're about every word we say. Now, I think it's a little bit in their wording on how they said this was never a part of a part of a requirement, meaning they probably hinted towards it. And that's where Adam Silva got the whole they wanted him to fire him. And he might have said no way, but he might not have directly said that he probably shooed off the comment or the whatever hinted towards it. So I think they're partly both telling the truth, but they're telling half truths. Yeah, definitely. Um, both are just trying to save face. Um, but I think in when it comes to Daryl Morey's comments, I think he should penalize him. Of course, freedom freedom of speech is encouraged, but when it hurts your your system, your league, then some he should be reprimanded for that. Like just for unnecessary, unwanted words, he should be punished for that, and there should be some type of suspension. Uh, uh, yeah, I I agree because we're gonna we're actually gonna get to that. Um, but when it comes to this saga between Adam Silva and China, who has the next move? Actually, not even just limiting it to those two people. Who has the next move in this saga? Well, I, I'm guessing that China has the next move in this. Uh, they they are the ones who are receiving the product. They are the the consumer. So they they will be the one asking for what they what type of product they want. And they probably they probably want a change or some type of suspension for Daryl Morey. I'm kind of I'm not sure about this one because uh, I, I agree. Yes, it's, it's China's move on this one. Only because now people in America are now focused back on NBA America basketball uh, just because it started. So we're not really thinking too hard about whether China's watching our product. Uh, words have been said, situation has been how it's going to be. Uh, so I think, I actually on the back end think that China's going to come back on bending knee because it's all about how much, how, how big of a fan are you all? Because if you're going to really ban the NBA, you're going to have to really ban the NBA. That's the way China works. They don't they don't halfway do it. So how much of the actual population of China has control or persuasion over the controlling group in China? Now, if they are persuasive enough that they really, really, really want the product, especially since the regular season is supposed to be one of the most exciting seasons ever with the amazing duos. It's it's only a matter of time before I think China 
finds their way to forgiveness. So you think they're just gonna come crawling back and no. go ahead. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna find a way to forgiveness. I was saying come back on bending knee, but I think they're just gonna it's gonna be something real soft. It's not gonna make you feel like they lost anything. They just let the NBA in, NBA in a little bit more. Like they got their guard up right now. NBA kind of wants to be let in, but they're really their focus has now shifted, which is going to leave this gap between China getting this attention about whether we care about them watching NBA. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Um, China, they they're going to have to come around at some point. But they do control a lot of the money that comes into the NBA because they have a huge population. Yeah, agreed. And they're one of the biggest consumers of the NBA. So I, I think it's going to come down to how big of a fan are they? Simple as that. Um, so is this relationship between the NBA and China pretty much done? Or do you really do see the picture I'm putting out? I don't see it being a being done. I think both sides will work it out eventually. It just won't happen in a few weeks. Both sides are going to go back and forth. People are going to um, exchange words and deals will be done by the end of the season. Um, China and the NBA will be back on good terms. Agreed. I think everything's going to be done between closed doors and uh, very, very secretive uh, conversations. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be put under like it's just going to be in the closed office where they're doing these deals and things are just going to somehow be mended out of nowhere. Um, but without any real news to the uh, actual media of America, unless they're trying and trying and trying very hard to connect the dots. Um, but we move along to kind of what we expect from the NBA 2019-2020 start of the NBA. It does start and has started on Tuesday, October 22nd, uh, the 2019 year. Um, now, a lot of expectations are upon us this season with the duos all across the league. So, Simple, who are your top five teams in the NBA? Well, my top five teams are definitely the L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, Houston Rockets, Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets as that Ooh. last team. Um, it's really hard to come up with five teams. I mean, they're mostly going to come from the West because the West is absolutely stacked. But it's really hard to uh, come up with five teams because there's so many duos, good duos in the West. Um, and the Lakers, they, they look actually pretty stacked. And before the season, I did say that the Clippers were the better team. But I think the Lakers have more of a well-rounded team, especially with veterans who have experience in the playoffs. Um, the Clippers do some, but not a lot. So I, I, I think the Lakers start out as the definite favorite coming into the season. 
I like that. Uh, now I'm a, I've, I know I've kind of had these conversations over and over again about who I think will be the top five teams, but I'm actually going to change my number five. It's, it's not going to be much surprises in the first four. It's going to be the Lakers, the Clippers, Philly, and Milwaukee. Hands down. That's, that's my top four, uh, in the NBA, but I'm going to probably surprise you on this fifth one. I think it's going to be the Jazz. I think we're underestimating the addition of, I can't remember his last name. I think it's McCollum. Mike Conley. Conley, sorry. They're Conley. Yeah, Mike Conley. Um, so I think we're underestimating that. And this is about time where Donovan Mitchell should have his breakout year. He went to the, to the FIBA World Cup where a lot of t- players advance when they go to these type of, uh, World Cups. Even though many people dropped out, it's not as great talent. But I think he's going to rise to the cream of the crop as he did in the FIBA World Cup. Um, so yeah, my my five is going to be Lakers, Clippers, Milwaukee, Bucks, uh, 76ers, uh, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Utah Jazz. So I, I see that you left out the Houston Rockets. Why, why, why did you leave out them? I think it's messy. Uh, I, I, because what is the only reason why I think it's messy is because of their statement they put out recently on how they're going to be playing with the like throughout the season. And I guess they are going to try this throughout the playoffs, what I don't, which I don't think is going to work. Uh, and what they're saying is that they're actually not going to be playing on the same, on the court at the same time. It's going to be a one, two punch. Like I have, it's, it's going to be like the one team and the two team uh, in high school. So, I just don't see that working, even though they're saying a lot of this time, uh, um, Adam, uh, what's the center name again? Uh, what's his first name? I know his last name is Adams. Oh, Stephen Adams. Adams. Man, yeah, Stephen Adams and Westbrook are going to be on the court together. Well, I guess Stephen Adams was on. OKC. Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't, know, I don't know why they stuck in my head. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. He was with OKC for so long. It really stuck in my head. Uh, but yeah, uh, you're right. Capella, Capella, and and Russell Westbrook are are supposed to be on the court together a whole lot this upcoming season. And it's gonna be more like when Harden gets out, uh, then Russ is gonna come in. Which I don't think is a working, uh, uh, work, working idea. It'll work for the regular season, but when it comes to the actual playoffs, when y'all need to be on the court at the same time, you're just going to get in, in each other's ways. Yeah, I, I see your point. I, I definitely see your point. Unless and, they change it. Oh, <laughs> they might change it. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I don't really like the idea of them playing separately. But it might be smart because these two guys, they handle the ball a lot. So they want to maximize their talent by having them on the court at separate times. So there's always somebody going at it. Against your first team and second team, you have two stud all-star players on the court. And for some reason, they can't play on the court at the same time. It just makes no sense to me. Um I, I'm pretty I sure they're they on the court. They're, I think they're going to be on the court at, at least sometimes, but their original plan is to be pretty much separate and come in at, at different times. Um, but moving along here, uh, who is your top five 
dark horse teams that could win the NBA championship this year? Well, my my number one dark horse team is the Houston Rockets. I, I really have mm-hmm. nothing to back it up. Um, both <laughs> of the stars on the team have failed at the highest level. And the only thing that's missing from their career is an NBA championship. But um, all I have is just that hope that they will make it and finally get over the hump. But uh, I have nothing else that can back that up. I mean, they put up stats, of course, um, but that doesn't always uh, turn into wins or NBA championships. Uh, Another dark horse team is... The Milwaukee Bucks, uh, really, I don't think anybody legitimately from the East is going to win the NBA championship. But if there is one, I, I think the Bucks will come back and get a, a pretty high seed, one or two just, in the East. Just to interrupt, I don't think that Milwaukee's ever a dark horse in this situation, but keep going. <laughs> well, I'm saying they're a dark horse because I don't think anybody in the East is going to challenge anybody in the West. That's the only reason why I say they're a dark horse. That's only if you really think that only the Lakers and the Clippers have a chance at winning the uh, world championship, which is not the way I think of the NBA this year. I do think the Lakers are going to win it, but it is very possible those five other teams in the top five that I was listening will win. Uh, Not – so much the Jazz. They will be a dark horse, but the other four are definitely not dark horses. They are favorites. Well, I, I think they're favorites to win their conference, but not the NBA championship. <laughs> I, I just don't see anybody in the East being able to beat anybody in the West, even if it is uh, um, any other teams besides the teams in L.A. You sure? Because Philly, yes. Philly's, <laughs> Philly, Philly is stacked this year with like tall, very tall players. Now, Embiid ended uh, in the top three for MVP of the league last year. Uh, they were one bounce shot, miracle shot by Kawhi away from going to the uh, championship. Uh, sorry, not the, not the championship, but the next round against the Bucks last year. Uh, so, like, you can't – I'm sorry, but there's such a slim margin between whether Philly was going to be there or whether it was going to be um, Kawhi and the Raptors that I can't I can't ever put them as a dark horse. And then along with the Milwaukee Bucks, they, they were running through people. They they had the best record in the league, had the MVP on their league. You can't have an MVP of the league and be a dark horse. Well, that's last year. This is a new year, new teams. And he's trying to come for revenge. So once again, I, they, they, they once again tried to tool up even better to win a championship. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't allow them to be a dark horse. I, that's only if you feel that one team or only two teams can really only win the championship, which you meaning isn't your top two teams the Clippers and the Lakers in the West? Well, th- there wasn't any certain order, but th- those would be some of the top ones. I, I did not have the Bucks so you, in there. So are you the putting the Lakers or the Clippers lower than one and two? Either one of them? Um. Who's who's replacing right, right now? That? No, right now no. So that that's what that means in in the whole. And since you don't feel that anybody can contend against anybody in the East, you're saying that pretty much nobody in the East has a chance, and it's between the Lakers and the Clippers. No, what I'm saying is 
that nobody in the East has a chance. The, the whole fight is in the West. Like it, everybody it in the West, that that's that's the championship. Everybody well, in the East is is got uh, they're they're competing for second place. That's all agreed, I'm saying. Agreed, but you know what? Because the West is so hard, we uh, the West could actually beat up all on each other and make it to where now a uh, a weak West team because they fought through everything is is getting beat up by a team that was. Properly rested, but also played. Yeah, that that can happen. But for now, I, I just don't see anybody in the East winning. I could definitely mm-hmm. be wrong, but I think they're just competing for second place. True, true. Because we we got off subject on that uh, question. Just to throw out five dark horse teams, I'm not even gonna fully throw out five. I would say the Jazz. That's a dark horse team because nobody's thinking of the Jazz winning the. Uh, uh, championship. That's a dark, dark horse. Um, I also say the uh, Portland Trailblazers because everybody always underestimate them. Um, now, anybody other than Philly or Milwaukee in the East, I pretty much feel like they have no chance. Um, so I, this still has to be a race between teams in the in the West. So I, I would throw the Rockets in there also and. Uh, you gotta put Golden State. Put Golden State as. Oh a yeah, dark yeah, horse. yeah. That that is a yeah. That is a great dark horse. That's the perfect dark horse. The but which shouldn't be a dark horse because they've been there for five straight years. But yeah, they fit in that perfect five slot for a dark horse. So yeah, yeah. Thank you for completing that list. Um, so we move along. We uh, we're gonna look at the top three people you feel will be the MVPs of this upcoming season. Who's your top three who you think will win this year? Well, I think that um, LeBron James, he's going to defer to Anthony Davis and set him up. So I'm thinking that Anthony Davis will be one of the uh, prospects for MVP, along with Giannis and James Harden. Because James Harden is just going to put up stats. They will uh, win a, a lot of games. And... Giannis will kill it in the East because the East is just trash. I I actually completely agree with your list, but it's like a put it just like a slash between Anthony Davis and LeBron. Whatever that slot is, it depends on how they want to play out the season. So each one, either one of them can fit that slot. It just depends on how the season plays out. So my three is Anthony Davis slash LeBron, depending on how their their game plan for the season is. Yeah, James Harden, I agree, along with Giannis, because he could easily repeat because the West, sorry, not the West, but the East, could get really trampled by Milwaukee this season. Um, So, yeah. So, which team do you see ending with the best regular season record this year? Believe it or not, I feel like the the Houston Rockets can get that number one seed because they, they always have a good record, and I feel like this team is built for uh, winning games in the regular season. They, I mean, they are in the postseason also, but in the regular season, they they always come out to play and put up big numbers. Um, I don't think that the Clippers will be able to get that top seed, mainly because they're two stars. They uh, will probably be load managing. Um, we already see that Paul George is going to be missing some time early in the season. And you definitely know Kawhi, he's going to get his time off. 
Um, he's already putting in his uh, his annual leave on mm-hmm. uh, in, in the future. Uh, and I, I feel like the Lakers, they've been here. They've done that as far as LeBron. He, he is the leader of that team. He's going to tell them when to rest. Um, but they will win most of the important games. They will get up for those games. But the, the games that they don't completely need them, they will take rest because they know it's all about the playoffs. I can partly – actually, no, I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I say this is a two-man race. This is between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers. My heart says Lakers because you know how much of a LeBron fan I am. And, and just to put logic on it, I think the Lakers have a very, very, very well-rounded team. I think they – I think it was specially made – through LeBron's eyes uh, on the way he sees positions and what he needs in the league. I think he's had enough chemistry sets with these different teams and having control in the front office that he might have got it quite right. Like he might be on a 95% right on the type of uh, looks he needs to give teams in the playoffs along with regular season. One reason also why I think what the Lakers are going to uh, possibly have that top spot or I'm very confident in it because LeBron has not been playing for a while and he's on kind of a revenge tour because it's been a underlying consensus that he has dropped in his actual talent simply because of his age and because he did not make the playoffs and because he got injured last year. But if you actually look at the stats, he actually got better. LeBron seems to get better every year. Literally by the stats, he got better. Uh, if you look it up. Um, so, Actually, no, you know what? I'm pushing Milwaukee out of the way. It's going to be the Lakers. <laughs> I, I think you just sipped a little bit too much of that, um, the hype juice. But I I think that LeBron, he he did not take a step back. But I think he's played the same. I, I don't think he got any better. His, oh, his, by stats, he did. Well, no, I, I don't think he got any better. His, his defense is pretty mediocre. No, no, but, I'm not talking – I'm not talking about, like, the image. I'm talking about, like, actual, like, if you look up his, you know how you average more assists, average more points, things like that? He literally did. Well, that's just by stats, but I don't think he got any better. I think he's just been on that plateau, like he's at his peak. Well, yeah, I I can agree with that, but I'm just saying he's using it better, so he is, like, by actual stats. You know how you can average a little bit less points than one other season? He's still going up in assists and in points and uh, triple doubles and all of those things. Like, he, he, did, he really did, by the stats, do better than he did the year where he led the lowly cast to the finals, where he wasn't with the Lakers. He was with the uh, Cavaliers. He literally had a better season than that one. Well, uh, maybe statistically, but... Uh... I think he was still the same player. Um, but I think the only way he does better this season, as far as statistically, is if there's injuries to the team like Anthony Davis. Agree. Uh, I can I can hear that. Uh, um, so we're moving along just because we want to uh, kind of shorten a little bit here. Uh, this is a pretty serious topic with Patrick Day. At the age of 27, uh, this American professional boxer, junior middleweight, middleweight, 
He suffered a 10th round knockout in a loss on October 12th, this past Saturday of 2019. He died from brain injuries uh, by Wednesday, October 16th of 2019. Now, his record, he died at the age of 27, but his record in the actual ring, out of 22 fights, he had 17 wins, 6 knockouts, four losses, and one draw. In this 10th round, uh, Charles Cornwell, sorry, Charles Cornwell hit Day's opponent, Patrick Day's opponent, landed two right hands and left hook that knocked out Patrick Day. When Day went down, the back of his head slams onto the canvas, and the ref immediately stops the bout without a count of one minute and at the count of one minute and 46 seconds. Day was immediately surrounded by the medical personnel and within minutes was taken out of the ring on a stretcher into an ambulance. Ambulance. He never regained consciousness. At one point, he had a seizure and then he lapsed in a, into a coma before undergoing emergency brain surgery all before dying due to those brain injuries on Wednesday and the fight being that past Saturday, just within three days. So with such a spotlight being put on player safety in any sport that's going on now, from football all the way to horse racing, do you think Patrick Day's death should have been avoided? Yeah, I think it could have been avoided. Um, maybe the but ref should have been avoided. I know it could have, but should have <laughs> been avoided with all the pay attention that we are paying attention to. Yeah, it, it should have been avoided. I think. Um, well, maybe we still need some more things to come out before make any type of conclusions. But the ref, he probably could have looked into the. Um, Patrick Day looked looked at his eyes, looked the way look at the way he responded, putting him through the concussion protocol. I'm not sure if the the boxing the boxing world has the concussion protocol, but they 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 should definitely implement that in the game because it'll definitely help with uh, player safety and more people going to come into uh, boxing. Um. I feel like there was probably some signs beforehand that he had suffered a concussion. And with all the the multiple big hits that he suffered, it probably led to the the big hit and the knockout, which also led to the seizure and his um his death. Yeah. And it was it, it didn't help that the back of his head hit the canvas, uh, which then he went into that um he was knocked out cold. Um, but to answer the question, should this have been avoided? It sounds like a cold answer, but no, it shouldn't have been avoided. It could. I I agree. It could have been avoided, but we have to understand what sport we're dealing with. We're dealing with boxing. Now, should have been avoided? I Like you said, I don't think there's a concussion protocol. And if boxing hadn't already seen his death through 
not having attention now that people are not interested in watching boxing as they were in the Muhammad Ali days and the Joe Frazier days, they would definitely see their death if they incorporated the concussion protocol. It is kind of a you know what you signed up for league. It simply is that. Now, could it have been avoided? It could have easily been avoided. Look at the Olympics. The Olympics has full headgear when you box. These are the highest of highest competitions in the Olympics. Even though people don't watch it with uh, Olympic boxing, they have those things that would have avoided and could have avoided it. But should is a very sketchy uh, proposal. Yeah, it is sketchy. I'm more on the side of could rather than should. Because, I mean, there's always situations where people can go back and uh, change things if they uh, could ever go back to it. But it, this really should be a concussion protocol. I'm, I'm not sure if there is, but they should look into doing that, implementing that for player safety, because you want the sport to thrive and make more money and have more people look at it. And this is not a good way to get people involved in it. Yeah. I agree, because my next question was how to make uh, boxing safer, and you already answered the question. So it moves us to the next one, which is, is the public kidding themselves that they actually care about player safety? And if they do, will the fans still tune in what sports like football safety up and make it make the right progressive steps? I think the fans care only whenever something bad happens. You, you see a lot of the the safety things or well, the safety protocols that the NFL is trying to implement when it comes to concussions and uh, hitting below the knee and into the head. And now the way the fans are reacting is uh, the game is too soft. It's way more easier to play the game than ever before. But you have all these problems where past players are talking about they they suffer from concussions and uh multiple mental issues. So it's only whenever it looks bad where somebody suffers to the point where somebody dies, that's when the fans have outrage. But when it affects the way the sport is played, they don't want to see those changes made. I completely agree. And the perfect example is going to be Junior Seau. Uh, He's, Exactly that example we're talking about, along with Patrick Day. Patrick Day is not as known a player as uh, Junior Seau was, but he was someone who committed suicide because of pretty much the brain trauma he got from being a great football player. With uh, being rich, having a full family, people caring about him, he shot himself in his car, committing suicide, uh, which... It, a lot of things happen, and once that happened, once that actual situation went down, NFL got a little bit more serious about it. Even the movie Concussion came out, which changed a lot of people's minds about how they wanted or if they wanted their kids to play uh, sports, football specifically. So I would say no. The, the fa- I would say Actually, yes, the fans are kidding themselves. They don't want things safer. They want the gladiator sport. Football is literally nicknamed the gladiator sport. So I 
do think they're kidding themselves. They want the violence, and they should just simply embrace it. <laughs> yeah, they should embrace it because that's, that's what they truly want. Um, they don't want to see all of these flags being thrown for uh, pushing down the quarterback or a hit to the head or illegal hands to the face or whatever. They want to see the game in the full glory that it was or used to be. Um, but they, Agreed. It, it, it only is a problem whenever somebody suffers. Other than that, they don't want to see a change. Agree, because like I, I think we've actually gotten a little bit softer. Like I, I thought I remembered big hits and everything like that. I even dished them out. I was actually known as a big hitter on my team. Like seriously, I was my nickname was Trainwreck. That that's how vicious I hit people. But I recently saw a highlight, not of something I I did, but like an old video on ESPN uh, from a football game. And this is no, it's it, the 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 thing was that the defensive player went for the quarterback's head as he released the ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, like that's vicious!" Like I was like, kind of turned off by it. I was like, "Good God Almighty!" I know he got messed up, and I was like, "Dang, that is how uh, football used to be." And I was like, "Dang, I've gotten a little soft here." Yeah, the progressively as they've been adding more and more rules to the game of football to protect players. Now, everything from before is just very vicious. Players are protected more, especially on offense. Um, they can't hit players in certain areas. It makes it, it really makes it harder for the defense. I remember whenever ESPN had the thing where you just got jacked up. I mean, I, I used to watch it all the time. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was funny, but they completely took that off. I'm pretty sure it's mainly because of all the injuries and concussions that these players suffered, and, and they didn't want to promote that. Agreed. And now now it's insensitive. It went from being funny and fun, did you see that, to insensitive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's still big hits now, but they don't happen as frequently as they did before. Honestly, now – we really, like, really, really, really put on the uh, kid gloves in a way. And that, that's not particularly a bad thing because these are people. You should be protecting yourself. But it is a little bit of this is what you signed up for. Um, because now when players get really, really hurt, you're like, dang, he really got hurt. Like, versus, oh, oh, my God, that was a great hit. I think that's people's kind of a natural reaction if it's any way like it used to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the game will continue to change for, I, I think, the better, but there's always going to be injuries. Yep. And that rolls us right into the NFL, uh, which we start with the Monday night game, which was clearly a blowout. It was the uh, game between the Patriots and the Jets, which is a divisional matchup. The Patriots won 33-0, putting the Patriots undefeated at 7-0. and In the bigger side note, the Patriots pick up a very good wide receiver, Mohamed Sanu, adding to their arsenal of an already undefeated team. So with a weak division and the addition of Sanu, is it clear that the Patriots are the best team in the NFL now? I don't think it's completely clear, but they are definitely one of the best teams in the NFL. 
Um, I, I think the weakest point is their offensive line. They have had to shuffle many players throughout their offensive line, and they still struggle with it. Um, I don't know if you will play pretty close attention, but the, they really had to put other players in different positions to make up for the, the deficiencies in their offensive line, make other players chip coming out of their routes, like a tight end or a wide receiver, just to give them an extra second to block. So, uh, Brady can get the ball out. But the offensive line is going to be put to the test more coming up in these next six games. Um, I, I think that's their weakest point right now. Also, wide receiver is still a, a weaker point, but not as much since they did get Mohamed Sanu, a pretty good uh, wide receiver, a veteran. He's played in playoffs. He's actually played in the Super Bowl against the same team. Um so I wonder how that's going to be. Uh, but they are definitely one of the best teams in the league. But uh, that just makes the Cowboys look even worse after losing to the Jets just last week when they just got completely destroyed. Just, just a little Com- side note. <laughs> no, no, no. I completely agree on all the topics you talked about there. Because most times I'm not going to agree with you when it comes to the Patriots. I purely hate the Patriots more than I like any team. Uh, but I do see, say it's not very clear that they are the number one team, and that's not any real hatred because I actually kind of said they they had it lined up to be the best this year anyway. But it's not very clear. Their defense is quite amazing, but they're coming up on a very tough scare, schedule. So talk to me after they face Deshaun Jackson when they uh, talk to me when they face um, Lamar Jackson. Face me. Talk to me after they play against Kyler Murphy because those are their next three opponents. So Wait, they, they don't they don't play the Cardinals. They don't play Kyler Murray. You sure about that? No, they, they don't yeah, play you, that division. Sorry, I'm sorry. Who who is the, it's it's a, one other great quarterback. I'm sorry about that right now. Uh, Patrick but Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, that's who it was. Okay, sorry about that. It was another red team. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Once you face those three quarterbacks, it may be a little bit clearer because. Outside of that, you have a very trashy division. Yeah, the the division – actually, yeah, two teams are pretty bad. But the Bills, they have a very easy schedule, and they've only lost one game. So, Who believes in the Bills, though? Well, I mean, they, they have a pretty good defense. Their offense is mediocre. But um, with, with the defense leading the team, they'll go to the playoffs – Okay, so yeah, because I was about to ask, who's uh, the Buffalo Bills running back? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't pay attention to them that much. <laughs> exactly. Nobody believes in the Bills. Oh, Nobody's paying attention to them. It's Frank Gore, actually. Well, yeah, actually, that's a bigger name, and we still came up with zeros on that one. So, yeah, I don't believe in them. Uh, maybe the uh, Buffalo Mafia, because that's the uh, crowd of fans that go to the Buffalo Bills games and they jump and they jump on tables uh, like they're in wrestling. If you want to look it up, it's actually quite entertaining. They're called the uh, Bills Mafia. Look it up. Um, but and they get in a lot of trouble. This is real life. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Uh, but nobody has no true belief in the Bills other than that. Yeah. Um but I still think they'll make the playoffs. They have a very easy schedule. The only teams that they might have trouble with is, of course, the Patriots. 
Um, and not too many other teams. I think they have to play the Ravens because they do play that division. But other than that, there's it's not too much of a competition for the Bills. So they can they can win ten games with their schedule. Yeah, but the Patriots are going to win sixteen on theirs. So yeah, I, I, I don't know <laughs> about not, the sixteen. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, it's possible, a, but I don't think with so. a great defense. But um. We're moving on to the 49ers, who are the other undefeated team in the league right now. Very big surprise. They have not now uh, gone to 6-0 and with a win against the Redskins, the score being 9-0. to Since the 49ers defense has held opponents to under 10 points in their last three games, do you think the 49ers can r- ride the success of their defense to the Super Bowl? And do you think they have a real spot to go, a real shot to go undefeated. Undefeated? Definitely not. Zero chance. <laughs> because the, the NFC has a lot of great teams, and I don't even think they are a Super Bowl team. I think they are a pretty good team that loses in the second round. The, the, only, time, the only reason they win one game is because they have that first home game but other than that, I, I don't think they are a Super Bowl caliber team. I think they really struggle on offense, as you can see. I mean, they only scored nine points. I mean, it, it was a a bad weather game, but I don't trust their offense too much. I mean, that their running game can be good. Um, their, their quarterback played absolutely awful. But I, the only thing I – I trust in is their defense. Their defense gets after the quarterback and other offensive lines. Um, and they don't let up many points. Uh, like you were saying, they held teams under 10 points, but I, I do a not total believe. of 10 points over three games. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive, but I, I really do not believe on believing the offensive side of the football, even though that's their head coach, the head coach's strength. Um, I don't think they have enough weapons, but their their defense is definitely top notch. And I'm going to go with the easy answer. I completely agree. Like, I, there's <laughs> nothing I really disagree about that. I do not believe that they can ride the success to a Super Bowl, and I don't think they have a single shot at being undefeated. I'm heavily surprised they're six and zero. I'm I'm surprised too. Um. But I, I really did not expect their defense to be this good. They, there was no warnings or predictions or anything about their defense being this good. Um, you would have thought their offense would have been better because that's the strength of their of their head coach. But yeah, I mean, their, their defense is playing on another level. But I, really, they they are the Chicago Bears of last year. That's what they are. They're a team led by their defense, a very great defense that gets after the quarterback with a quarterback that's playing just above average. Yeah, I, I think it's a little disrespectful to call uh, 49ers the offense as bad as the Bears' offense was last year. But, yeah, it ain't too far off. It's only about two notches better than uh, what the Bears was last year. But uh, just to kind of move it on a little bit quick here, uh, we're gonna we're going to Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Ravens. He has already had a record four games with over a hundred yards passing and a hundred yards rushing in a game. 
out of 16 starts in the NFL. And the Ravens, and also led the Ravens to a win over the Seahawks this past weekend, 30-16. to 16, With there only being two other players ever to record the same duo stat, Michael Vick with 16 games in 15 seasons, and Russell Wilson with four of those duo stats uh, games as long as he's been in the league. Do you think Lamar Jackson would surprise, well, sorry, will surpass Vic's most impressive moments and end his career with more, more duo rushing and passing games over 100 yards? That's a very hard question. Um, I think he's going to continue to have these games where he is having over 100 yards and over 100 and whatever passing yards. Uh, but the, the only thing I worry about is his health because you, you're taking the ball and running and putting your body on the line as a quarterback when you are responsible for controlling where the ball goes every single play. It's, it's just going to be tough to do that. But I think he actually will. He, he will surpass Michael Vick. Uh, mainly because the Ravens have a pretty good front office. They are a well-run team. They have a a very good Super Bowl-winning head coach, and they the team just knows what they're doing. And also Lamar Jackson, he is. I think he's getting better at being shifty and avoiding contact. He knows when to get down for the most part. He's not getting any type of huge hits put on him like Michael Vick did whenever he's like going upside down, hitting his head on the turf and everything. I think Lamar Jackson avoids contact easier. Agreed. I I, I definitely agree. I I think um, Lamar Jackson will surpass him for most impressive moments. He's already racking it up pretty quickly. He has the perfect size to be Vic. He has the speed of Vic. Like, there's nobody I really ever thought had the speed of, like, prime Vic ever other than Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't care if it was Dion. There is no player I felt was faster than what Vic was when he was in his prime state. And Lamar Jackson is the second coming of that type of player, but taller and can uh, pass better because he can be a pocket passer if he really had to. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he could. um, But he always has that instinct of if he doesn't see that first or second option, he's going to take off and run and get those yards, make it never making it a negative play. Yeah, why not use your best asset? And that's not even particularly his. It is his best asset, but he has other great other assets in this uh, his arsenal as a football player. Um, but to move it along, um, we're going to the NFC East, a matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cowboys win 37 to 10, dominating the Eagles from the beginning. Uh, with this division overall not being that great this year. Do you see the Cowboys messing this up for themselves and losing the division somehow? No, I I really don't see the Cowboys messing this up because all they have to do is win their division games. And their division is trash. Um, 
the Washington Redskins, they are an abysmal franchise. They are not run very well, and they're just a terrible team. The Giants, uh, I have no faith in them. They are a young team that's grown, and they also have some injuries. Saquon Barkley, he's just getting back off his ankle injury. Um, he still played well, but not to the best that we know him to be. And the Eagles are just overrated. I don't know why people have haven't realized that yet. They had them as one of the top contenders in the NFC and maybe going to the Super Bowl, but they're just overrated. The Eagles are trash. They're, they're not a good team. <laughs> I like I, I definitely agree with you on this one, but I'm gonna give you a different different perspective on at least one of these teams. I agree, Redskins are a horrible team, blah blah blah, they're gonna lose. Uh then you have the Giants who's a young team. Uh they're not gonna completely get it together. And actually I think that was the only team who would accidentally win the division uh off some the way the numbers go. Uh and to go ahead and cover that the question, I don't think the Cowboys will mess up this division and lose the division. But now to put the subject on the Eagles, man, it's not looking too good there. And as I've said ever since the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they're never going to love Wentz as much as they love Nick Foles. He's, he did it twice for them and gave them a playoff run. They play different for Nick Foles. Now it's starting to get out locker room information where a player has been calling out publicly, calling out other players for being late to practice and things like that. The, the locker room is broken up and they were the best contenders against the Cowboys in that division. So I just don't see the Cowboys messing it up that bad. It's really the question on whether Jared, uh, Jason Garrett can actually win a playoff game. <laughs> Well, he has won a couple. No, he he won one last year, so that that was his one playoff win. But I, I think the Cowboys they might get that one playoff win and, and ex- exit pretty early. But um, their division just sucks. Uh, all they have to do is win their division games and they're in. And they have a home playoff game. Don't even worry about the rest of those games. Uh, their their division is trash. Yeah, agree. So we move to Aaron Rodgers, who threw for a perfect passer rating, leading the Packers to a 42 to 24 win over the Raiders. Uh, this invites a different type of question uh, that we haven't proposed earlier this year in, in the NFL. Uh, do you have a new favorite for league MVP or or do you have eyes on another player that is impressing you this season? My league MVP is still Russell Wilson. He has been the most consistent. He's played consistently over every single game. Uh, well, he did have a little bit of a down game this past week, but he's still been the most consistent quarterback. Uh, I'm not just going to project or put Aaron Rodgers to the top with one great performance when he's had multiple down games this season, um, including the first game of the season, the Bears, where he played absolutely awful. Um, he played okay against the Cowboys, um, against the Eagles. He played pretty well. But the rest of the games have been really up and down. So I, I'm not just going to put him right into that spot when he hasn't played the most consistent football. Well, overall, I think this is anybody's game when it comes to MVP of the league. I think Aaron Rodgers has a big, like, 
Like, I, I think it's built for him to be the MVP, but just somehow something's just going to happen throughout the season. It's going to have his numbers drop off. And I think that's what's just going to happen with him. So I don't have a new favorite, but I do did open my mind up to a different person for MVP of this league. I actually think this is going to be Lamar Jackson's year. If he, it depends on what the record looks like in the end. Cause I was trying to think of McCaffrey, but it's very hard to give a running back. Uh, MVP and not racist or any what thing, but it was even harder to give a white running back uh, a MVP in the league. I'm sorry, but it's just the the stigma in NFL. Uh, so yeah, we just know this. It's, I'm just saying what people already know. Uh, but so McCaffrey might deserve it, but I think because of the way it's anybody's game, it'll end up being Lamar Jackson. He's just gonna have such like show-stopping moments like Patrick Mahomes had last year, that it's going to overwhelm people to at least vote for him if he at least wins 10 games. Wow, 10 games? It's uh, possible. 10 games out of 16? <laughs> he's doing pretty well already. Uh, I yeah. He, they score, they, aren't they the 4-2? Uh, let, let me look real quick. I'm pretty sure they're 4-2. Uh, or they might not have had a bye week, so it's whether they are five and two or uh, four. They're four and five three. and two. Five and two. Five okay, and two. five and two. Yeah, so it's very likely. Yeah, he he does have a chance. Uh, it's anybody's right now. Um, they're just waiting for somebody to really push forward and take over. But um, I, even Patrick Mahomes with this injury, he could still win it. Um, it's really anybody's, like you said. But I would still go with Russell Wilson at this moment. Yeah, well, I, I was on that boat until he lost this past uh, week to Lamar Jackson. So I, you kind of I have to jump ship if that's the person I'm replacing him with. Um, but just to move along so we can get to this last question uh, and get to the questions, uh, the trivia part. With Patrick Mahomes out for a few weeks with a knee injury, do you feel confident that the Chiefs, team will hold down the fort? Actually, yes, I do. Because their division isn't really that great. Um, the Chargers, they have been a huge disappointment. They have lost to multiple bad teams, even though they are highly talented, especially on offense. Um, they've had injuries, but their offense is just way too talented to be playing well, really losing these games. Um, the Raiders, they can surprise people at times, but they, they're, def- they're not good enough. They're really not. <laughs> then the Broncos, you saw what they did to the Broncos without Patrick Mahomes. Absolute garbage. So their, their division is not really that hard. And in the next few games, well, I could be wrong, actually. Um, they do play the Packers in the next game, and then they play the Vikings. So I think they win one of those games, and then they play the Titans and Chargers. So they, if Patrick Mahomes is out for an extended amount of time, I don't think they'll lose any more than two games. Uh, Sanford, I'm not confident at all that the Chiefs can hold down the fort. Um, we know this is a one-man uh, show. We all know this. Not completely. 
the show doesn't run without him. They're, they're not even looked at as a contender without him. If they had Josh Allen, they're not looking like at it like a, a contender. If they had Jimmy Garoppolo, they're not looking at as a contender. Uh, even if they had Tom Brady, they don't they don't look like a contender because uh, they're I'm not really sure about that. Like, well, you, well, you they, think I mean, they have an electric you, offense with a great offensive-minded coach. But I, I, the reason why I say Tom Brady is because he wouldn't fit their team at all. Like, their offensive line is not that great. That's why Patrick Mahomes has to scramble a lot. Their defense is not good, so that's once again going to put it on a 42-year-old quarterback. And it's not like he's been extremely impressive this uh, this year. Like, he's put up some numbers, but he ain't putting up crazy numbers. So being the, in a, on a deficient team would not help Tom Brady in any way. But it, his offensive line is just as bad or even worse than Patrick Mahomes. Agree, but a, he has an amazing defense. He has an amazing defense, but Patrick Mahomes has a, a great offensive-minded head coach that's all about offense. So that definitely helps. I, I hear you, but the Patriots are the number two defense in the league. 49ers are the number one uh Defense in the league. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm just saying that yeah. the offense would still run pretty well if you put them, well, if you put Tom Brady over there. True. I mean, because it, it ran well with the backup against a Broncos team that we thought was a little bit better on defense, but they got destroyed. Well, the, the Broncos, come on, so come on. So, but since their uh, schedule is starting to get hard, I, I say. I'm not confident by the question, just by the question. Like, if they will, they might, but I'm not confident that a sucky defense and a backup quarterback is going to be able to hold down the fort against the Packers and also the Vikings. I think they only lose one game without Patrick Mahomes. So they beat Packers? They have a chance. They definitely have a chance. <laughs> they have a chance. So they beat the Vikings. Uh, they're looking pretty good so far. They can, but do you think they beat the Vikings? They have a good chance to win that game. Um, oh, both so games are at home. True. Well, toss-up games. Um, but uh, we're going to round it off there, and this has been So You Think You Know Sports. We're moving to the trivia parts, which we do every week. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions. I try to answer and give you a little commentary or history, what I know about the uh, question. I, I don't get to see him beforehand, so your guess is about as good as mine. You'll get a little time to answer also. Guess along with us. Go ahead, Muhammad. Which of the following teams has Dwight Howard not played for? A, Houston Rockets, B, Washington Wizards, or C, Memphis Grizzlies? Hmm. I can – I already know on this one, uh, but – so it's hard to kind of give you commentary on it uh, when I exactly know. Yeah, I can give you a little. He made his all-star break and made his big name in Orlando. He jumped to the Lakers, which then the Lakers really kind of hated him after that point, but – He's back in the league. He's also with the Lakers. Um, but that kind of put, sent him on a roller coaster to many different teams who didn't want him there. Um, go ahead and get with the question and answer, and I'll go ahead and answer. Which of the following teams has Dwight Howard not played for? A, Houston Rockets, B, Washington Wizards, or C, Memphis Grizzlies? And I'm going to go ahead and answer. It's the uh, Memphis Gri Grizzlies. 
Washington, he was there just not too long ago, uh, and they really didn't like him in the locker room, uh, along with, uh, who was the first team you said? Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. He was definitely on Houston Rockets also. So yeah, it's the, it's the latter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go ahead with the next question. Which of the following teams has the oldest active player on their roster? Which of the following NFL teams has the oldest active player on their roster? A, New England Patriots, B, Atlanta Falcons, or C, Indianapolis Colts? I know this one also, but that was kind of hard. It was it was kind of hard. It was tricky if you don't fully know, because uh, it's actually more of a question about the kickers. <laughs> um, you would think it would be... I actually, just go ahead and repeat that question and answer so I can go ahead and answer it out. Which of the following NFL teams has the oldest active player on their roster? A, New England Patriots, B, Atlanta Falcons, or C, Indianapolis Colts? And the player, it's going to be the Colts, and it's the kicker, Vinteri. Uh and so, yeah, go ahead. Is he just, that that just, is correct. Uh, okay, just make, I to, I'll make sure I confirm. But, yeah, it, it's going to be the Colts kicker. Um, now, the Falcons also have a very old kicker. Um, what's his name? Matt Bryant. Oh, I, th- I thought it was a different. I thought it was like one of the Vinatieri's or something like that. Uh, never mind. When it comes to Atlanta, I knew it wasn't Atlanta, and you probably would think it was Tom Brady at 42, but it's not. It's not Tom Brady either. Uh, and they lost their kicker um, early in the season, so I'm not sure whether he was active or not. But yeah, my guess was right. Not guess, yes, but I knew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For the last question, which of the following NBA teams had the lowest amount of games won to make? To make it into the 2018-2019 playoffs, A, L.A. Clippers, B, Brooklyn Nets, or C, Detroit Pistons. Hmm. I actually know this one also. I, I've been paying attention in these. Um, you you definitely scraped the bottom of the barrel on those uh, from last year. <laughs> Not the existing Clippers, but the Clippers of last year. They weren't horrible, horrible at all because they they made it to the second round. But uh, go ahead again with the question and answer. Now I'll answer out. Which of the following NBA teams had the lowest amount of games won to make it into the 2018-2019 playoffs? A, LA Clippers, B, Brooklyn Nets, or C, Detroit Pistons? And uh, it is actually still, this is one a little bit more of a guess, but I, I think I'm going to be right with this one. Uh, it is the Detroit Pistons. That is correct. Uh, yeah, I thought, cause I'm pretty sure they squeaked into the, the playoffs. Like it was, it came down to like a couple of the last games of the season. I was just guessing since they took them that bad that they would have the least amount of wins. Clippers, I think they were at least above an eight seed last year, and they were actually the eight seed. They had forty eight wins, and they went against the Warriors in the first round. Yeah, I, I knew that uh, they went the Warriors, but I didn't know what their record really was. Uh, but it's I was a pretty good record. They, it's a pretty good yeah. record for an eight seed, really. Yeah, it's just that the West is so packed, and yeah, so it, it was pretty good faith to go with an East team, um, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've had a lot of fun. Of course, we're going to meet you next Wednesday after a whole lot of more news will be coming out in the uh, world of sports. And we will give you the best highlights of the things going on around the world uh, when it comes to American sports. And uh, if it it goes even broader, we'll give you those highlights also. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Good night.